You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show. This is Nancy Gaines, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. So the focus of today's podcast is all about getting to know Pat Flynn. I'm so excited to be here side by side at Podcast Movement. Pat, most people know about you, but let me just tell a few things. He's an amazing and successful person who's committed to helping other people become successful with their online businesses to create passive income. He's got a book coming out, and his company is Smart Passive Income, where he podcasts, speaks, trains, and more. Welcome, Pat. Is there anything you want to add to the introduction? Oh, just thanks for having me. It's really cool to do this podcast interview kind of side by side with you, because usually I do them over Skype, and you know we're halfway around the world from each other, and here we are. like We could literally like fist bump like right now. Boom. Blow it up. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, have you been to Chicago before? I've been to Chicago once before in 2013, but I was just in and out. It was for another event, and there was actually something not very funny that happened um, now that I'm thinking about it, because I haven't thought about this in a while. So when I arrived in Chicago in 2013 for this event, I got into the hotel, and I was all excited to speak the next day, um, and then I look at my hand, and I realize that my ring is gone, my <sighs> wedding ring, and I start freaking out. Right. And I start like going through these scenarios in my head. I'm like, how am I going to tell April, my wife, like this tragic thing happened or maybe I can cut off my finger and make it just seem like that would be worse than losing the ring or where can I get a replica? And there's some uh, unique kind of Hawaiian in, uh, engravings inside. So I was like trying to remember what that was and stuff. And I was freaking out. I had the whole hotel staff like on the floor looking around on their hands and knees and they're, they're very generous. And my buddy was going to pick me up to go to dinner, and he picked me up, and I was, he could tell something was wrong. He's like, Pat, what's wrong? I'm like, dude, I lost my ring. And he's like, okay, well, let's backtrack. What, what did you do? And I was just like, well, I got off the plane, went on the train, and got here. Like, nothing happened. And um, he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And I said, well, can we stop at the train station? Because I had remembered a noise. This is going to sound really weird, but... It was rainy, and I remember a noise. I had kicked like a what I thought was a, a Coke bottle top or something, um, and I didn't think anything of it, but I was like, there's no way that that could have been my ring. There's no way. And so we went back to the train station, and he was down on the lower level. He's like, good luck, and I went up, and it was there in the middle of the train station in the pouring rain. I found the ring again, and I couldn't believe it. Like I was in tears, and I don't think my friend knew because it was raining. He probably thought it was just rain, but it was literally raining tears out of my eyes. And I got back to the car, and he's like, did you find it? And I'm like, boom, I found it. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you found it. And I didn't think you were going to find it. I was just trying to be encouraging. But anyway, sorry, just kind of outside the did you tell april i yeah, i did like two years later yeah because in case she subscribes to my podcast she's gonna find out yeah i <laughs> i did tell her two years later and she was like oh my gosh i would have killed you <laughs> yeah well, what did what's the hawaiian engraving two, it means two to one and our anniversary date is february 21st two to one oh, cute. two to one like two people becoming one have you been to hawaii uh several times yeah uh we're not hawaiian but we love hawaii have we you went been to Kauai? That's my favorite. No, but that's the next place we want to Oh, we they have waterfalls everywhere. You've got to go. I want to go. 
do hike right now. If you take a two, okay, it's about two miles, but it's a lot of strenuous two miles to this amazing waterfall. It's freezing, but you can swim underneath. It's like 300 feet. Freezing. Yeah, it's cold, Ugh. but it's worth it. Okay. Put I it trust on your you. list. <laughs> okay, let's jump into some fun questions. So I would love to know, why do you like Back to the Future so much? Is it like Huey Lewis music? Uh, well, the characters? <laughs> <laughs> you the know, plot? It, Huey Lewis music is great. You know, power of love and whatnot. Um, the plot, I think, is is what it what it was for me. You know, the idea of going back to your past and being able to change things. I mean, there's so many instances in my life, and I think we can all relate, where we wish we had done something different, right? And you know, this goes back to high school when I wish I had asked out the girl that I liked, but I never did because I was too shy. And you know, I wish I could go back and just change things. Um, you know, Michael J. Fox is also an awesome awesome actor and I, I just f felt really connected to him and his his character and his story and just how he was just struggling a little bit in the beginning and you know was able to change things through just a lot of fun and adventure um, and then Back to the Future 2 came out and I was I'm always interested in what's coming next right even right now with all the cool things about virtual reality that's happening and AI and just smart homes and all that kind of stuff like we saw that in the 80s in the, in Back to the Future 2. And a lot of that stuff from Back to the Future 2 actually happened. Like flat screen televisions, which weren't around back then. They predicted that. And hoverboards. Hoverboards are <laughs> not around yet, but close. Lexus came out with something, I think, that was supposed to be like one that had these magnets. And anyway, uh, then there was uh, the video conferencing, which was in there too. And they even had, there's one part in the beginning of the movie um, after he goes back in, into the future where he is at the clock tower. And they're trying to get donations for the clock tower. And the guy in the future has a tablet that looks like an iPad. And that's how he's actually collecting a payment for that. So they even predicted, you know, payments through mobile devices back then. So it's just it's such smart writing and so fun um, and quirky. And just, you know, every time I watch it, I get goosebumps. Even You're pretty observant. I don't. I missed all of that. I'm going to have to watch it again. Do it. It's, it's amazing. There's a lot of fun little things like that, Easter eggs. That's cool. Hey, you mastermind a lot, and you talk about that as one of your keynotes. Who do you mastermind with, if you're okay sharing yeah, that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I talk about them all the time because they're the, some of the most important people to me. You know, there's, like, my family there at the top, and then my mastermind group, and then my best friends. Like, I put them way up there in the priority list, and I speak to them every single week. One group meets every single Monday, and this is with Jamie Masters from EventualMillionaire.com, as well as Todd Tresseter from Financial Mentor and Roderick Russell from Remarkably Human. There's been more people who have been in and out, but that's the core group that's been th been there for, I would say, f six years now. We've been running together every single Monday and holding each other accountable, and it's so important to me. A lot of things happened in that group that have directly made an impact on how well my business is done, and they're also there to help me uh, make sure I don't go down the wrong path, too. I mean, I think we're all there to be brutally honest with each other, and there's been times where I've wanted to do things, and you know, things, you know, I lose sight of things sometimes and they're there to bring me back to earth quite quickly. So I'm very thankful for them. And then I meet with another group on Wednesday, which is with uh, some amazing people as well. Uh, Cliff Ravenscraft from Podcast Answer Man. Uh, Michael Stelzner, who's the CEO of Social Media Examiner and founder of Social Media Marketing World. Uh, Leslie Samuel from BecomeAblogger.com. Mark Mason from Mason World or Late Night IM. Uh, and also Ray Edwards from rayedwards.com. It's an amazing, amazing group, and we're just I'm just so thankful to be a part of it. Yeah, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. They'd probably say the same thing about you, right? I hope we all say the same things about <laughs> each other, but, 
you know, I'm only with them one hour of the week, so who knows what they say the other hours. That's true. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that you're so transparent and authentic about your earnings and everything. What made you decide to go that route? So for those of you listening, I come out with a monthly income report where I share how much money I make and where exactly it comes from. And a lot of people ask the same question, like, why did you start doing this? And I've actually been doing this since October of 2008, every single month. And so it's been quite a long time. So you, you can actually go back into my website and to my archives and see the progression of how much money I've made. And it hasn't always gone up either. There's been a lot of down times too. And what's really special about these is that it always fills people in on why and how the money is made, which I think is more important than just how much money is made. There's always those lessons involved, especially when I start to see a dip in my income in some way, shape, or form. There's always a reason why. And for me, I can write about it and understand why so I can dig deeper into it to make sure those things you know, hopefully don't happen again. But with everything I do, it's always going to be lead by example. And so even if I fail, even if the number's going down, I'm always there to share why so that other people can learn from my mistakes. And I first started doing this because in 2008, when I had built a website to help people pass an exam in the architecture industry, which was actually my first online business, it's even still today running, generating an income at greenexamacademy.com. It's doing very well. Um, when I sold my first study guides in October of 2008, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it all happened, and I just wanted to share it with everybody. And I felt like in order for people to believe me, I had to share everything, including how much money I was making, how many copies I sold, and, and, and everything. And it also, when I was trying to find similar information from other people doing online business, I couldn't find any. Everybody was hiding their numbers. And it, for me, if I'm teaching other people how to do this, I need to be sharing everything. And um, the other part of that was that I was thinking, well, there are other examples of things like this in the world. For example, uh, companies that are in the stock market, public stocks, you know, they share how much money they make every quarter so that people who are investing or going to invest in that company can make a wise decision based on those numbers. So I felt like, you know, people aren't spending their money with me like they are with the stock, but they are spending their time with me. And time is worth more than money. So I need to make sure that I'm always open and honest with where I'm at, how my business is doing so that people can choose based on real numbers, uh, w whether they should spend time with me or not. Fair enough. I like that. So since people know how much you make, do they expect you to pick up the check? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like you and John Lee Dumas out or something. You're like, uh, I don't, dude, you getting it or am I getting it? You know, you? it's funny. I mean, I, I, I do what I can to, um, you know, pay for the tab as much as I can. I just love to do that anyway. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of people are like, bad, you have all this money now. And I know and like it doesn't seem like you're spending a lot of it. You know, I don't have a bunch of fancy cars or a mansion or like anything like that. You're a minivan guy? Uh, no. Oh, I am actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a Toyota Sienna 2012, 2012 uh, gunmetal gray. And it's the best thing in the world because we got two kids, a six-year-old boy and a, and a three-year-old girl. And that van sliding doors is so like, I don't care what people say. <laughs> I'll rock that soccer mom van. It's awesome. Um, but you know, we the the thing we do splurge on is uh, our vacations. You know, those experiences that we can remember forever, and you know, bringing kids along with us. It's it's really important to us. So it when is. when we do travel, we do maybe spend a little bit more money than uh, than we would have if we didn't have as much money. But you know, we're very blessed to be in the position that we're in. I'm I'm very thankful for that, and you know, I want to make sure the kids know that I've worked hard to to make this happen, so that when they grow up, they're they're going to understand that you know this isn't something that just comes easy. Are they entrepreneurs? 
I think so. Uh, my son especially, you know, I'm, I've been trying to inject some entrepreneurial spirit into him through a lot of what I learn. Again, it's, it's all about leading by example. And so whenever I'm working on something, I share with him why I'm doing what I'm doing. So when I'm in the office podcasting, after I'm done recording, I typically bring him into the office and I talk about what I had just said or, you know, talk about why I'm doing this. And now I'm actually starting to interview him. Um, I haven't shared this with very many people, but we, we once a week record a podcast together. Wow, it's not public, but it's just a, a running file that we keep, um, you know, on an SD card in our little micro recorder, and it's kind of fun to talk to him, you know, for ten minutes. That's about how much attention he has for recording his own voice at this point. But it's really fun to just kind of dig deep, and it's going to be really cool when we're older to go back and listen to those. So it's an interview format. It's an interview format, and I'm I'm typically asking him questions about stuff that he's up to and stuff that he's doing. A lot of the big conversation re- recently has been about his favorite thing, which is Minecraft, which is a video game. And um, I've actually gotten started with that video game too because he came home from school one day and he's like, oh, Dad, I want to play Minecraft. I'm like, what is this thing? And I just see how big it is. I'm a little worried because you can go online and play with other players and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if he's ready for this. Um, but then I started to do more research. There's actually a lot of educational value in Minecraft. And in Sweden, I think, they are actually putting Minecraft as a part of their curriculum to teach problem solving and building and creativity. And so I was like, okay, we'll, we'll try it out for a little bit. I'll, I'll download it on my computer just so I understand the language and I can talk to him. Now I'm like obsessed with the game. I'm not, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Um, and I'm watching the YouTube channels of, of guys like Stampy Longnose and Dan TDM and all these other people that you're like, who the heck are these guys? But to me and Kaoni who wake up every morning and watch some of these videos, um, it's, it's our bonding experience. It's awesome. We can talk about it and, and we can speak the same language. We play in the same games together. We're building with each other. It's, it's a really cool thing. Do you have a gamer name? Um, Pizat, P-I-Z-A-T. Okay, so listeners, that is Pat Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find me on uh, PS4. Yeah, anyway. That's fun. Cool. Well, let me ask you about the vests. How many vests do you have? I have about six different vests. Very observant. I, li- I like that. Well, I've seen you three times now, I think, and it's always a vest. It's, it is very sharp. Thank you. You know, I feel like for my stature, you know, I'm a little bit shorter vests bring you higher a little bit they make you a little bit taller um that's you know little hacks for fashion i guess um but you know i had worn a vest i think it was a few years ago at an event and and for whatever reason just a lot more people started commenting on what i was looking what i look like and how well i was dressing and it was the, the only thing the different was the vest and so i've just made a decision that this was my my thing you know signature. i'm the vest guy yeah the signature thing so i i own a bunch of different vests and you know i i do feel um like it kind of forces me to stand up a little bit taller and and you know that kind of you know they say if you want to if you want to command a room you need to stand a little bit taller be more confident and you know i'm speaking now a lot so you know i want to stack everything in my favor so um, you know, the vest, whether it actually does make, an, uh, make a difference or not, I feel it does. So, you know. It looks good. Thanks. Well done. Thank and you. Speaking of standing, so when I had John Lee Dumas on my podcast, he told me I should podcast standing. Do you sit or do you stand? I typically stand. So actually, this is weird for me that this we're sitting. This is weird for me too, but it's cool. We should <laughs> We should tell him for the next session to raise the microphones. We probably could. Yeah, we probably could, but then there'd be all this noise. Yeah, like, bad for the podcast recording. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, he told me to stand, and ever since I did that, I just feel so much more energy right a ton of energy a lot more focus and when you think about it when you're standing you're kind of in um you know how there's like f- fight or flight you know you're kind of in that you know ready to move kind of mode whereas if you're sitting you're kind of more relaxed and uh, a little bit more chill 
And I think when you're trying to provide great value to your audience through your voice, you, you want to be kind of in command and in, in active mode. Cool. Yeah, I, I call it the athletic stance. You're kind of yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ready to go. I should be on my toes next time. Yeah, try it. <laughs> hey, so my podcast is coming up to 100 episodes. Congratulations. Yeah, That's thanks. awesome. I think you're like number 88, 89. I, please make it 88. If possible, because okay. that's that's how many miles per hour it takes for the DeLorean to go back in time. That would be that would Should be an awesome. Call it back in time. I'm going to come up with a great title. Or Pat in time. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> Hashtag that joke. <laughs> so who should I have for number 100 since you're 88? Uh, have you had you've had JLD? Yeah, he on was the show. Fun. Gosh, I don't know who's who's been the most influential person for you. Shaq, Shaq or awesome. The Rock, one or the other. Do you know them? No, I wish though. Dwayne Johnson's amazing. I know. He's doing so many cool things right now. I know. Somebody's got to know him. How about that wrestler guy? He might know him. Yeah. Um, he was emceeing the the award show yeah. last night. He might. Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. And that that's one thing I learned about just being an adult and being an entrepreneur is that if you don't know how to do something or you need something, it's okay to ask. You know, in the beginning when I started to be my own boss, I wanted to do everything myself. And I think I slowed down quite a bit because of that. Um, I don't know if it was a pride thing or I didn't trust anybody else with my stuff or maybe I was just, you know how like guys, we won't ask for directions or anything like that. I, th I don't know if it was that, but once I started to be comfortable with knowing what my weaknesses were and finding other people who could fill in those holes for me, man, it's made massive differences in my business. Yeah, I share that too with my clients. You got to ask for help. You got to partner if you want to get there faster because it takes too long to do it by yourself. Totally, totally agree. And like you said last night on stage, people have big things to do. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, people aren't receiving. Yep, yep. So get there faster. I'm all about that. So um, so I saw you beatbox in Denver. Mm -hmm. As a beginner, how do we do that? Can you give us a little demo, a little um, lesson? Well, the, the two basic things are the bass drum and the snare drum, right, in any drum. So you could literally do a nice beat. If you ha actually had a kit with you, all you would need is a bass drum, and a snare drum. And you just, yeah, so you just kind of like do, like low voice do would be a nice bass. Um, you can add different val uh, letters to start that. It could be boom, 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 or whatever. So ba mixing bass with snare is where the trick is. So the basic... Uh, rhythm is uh, what's called a 2-4 so you do bass drum, snare, bass drum, snare that's basic rock and roll so and then the more advanced stuff is when you start adding more things on top of that and you're like how do I add, add more things in between that well then you start to use like the back of your throat to add noises like <laughs> so you could do like that beat I did earlier so that's the Michael Jackson um, beat for nice. Billie Jean. So nice. that's kind of the basics of it. I thought you were a trumpet player, though. I am a trumpet player, yeah. You're just multi-talented? Uh, you know, my excuse is that I was an only child, and I had a lot of time in my hands, and I had to keep myself entertained because I didn't have a brother or sister. So I know all these like little quirky things <laughs> and talents. Um, I could do... I could, like cusp my hands together and clap in front of my mouth and create different tunes so I could do like happy birthday <laughs> just really random things this is a great podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey tell us about your upcoming book 
Uh, so the book actually came out uh, very recently, which I'm super stoked about. It's called Will It Fly? How to Test Your Next Business Idea So You Don't Waste Your Time and Money. It's all about, you know, we all have these great ideas, right? And there's some amazing books out there about finding your ideas, right? And there's some amazing books out there about building your empire and scaling your business. But there's no books in between where, okay, well, how do you make sure that this idea you get is actually one that's going to be successful? Um, and it's a hard question to answer sometimes, but there's a lot of things we can do beforehand that don't take very long just to make sure that we will have an audience there, that we will have customers even before we make our product. And that's, that's the kind of whole idea behind the, behind the book. Um, it's sold already over 35,000 copies uh, over the last couple months, which I'm really excited about. Self-published. Thank you. And it became a Wall Street Journal bestseller too, wow. uh, which I was stoked about because I didn't even know that was possible as a self-published author. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So it, it got number six um, in business in, or actually in, in, in eBooks in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and I'm just so proud. Um, and I have to thank my audience for that because they're obviously the ones that made that happen um, but I'm really excited about what the book has already done for people I'm getting emails every single day from people who are using the exercises and what's really cool about the book is actually because because it is more like a workbook and you have you have to do these exercises which then you know validate step one before you move on to step two that's that's kind of how it works it's so an, give us an example it's an iteration so for example the first thing you want to do is uh, understand what the market is like like so you have this idea first of all you just want to make sure that you know what that environment is like because if you're going to get into a plane for example and fly somewhere you want to know what that weather is going to be like on the way there so instead of just flying blind you want to understand what's in the market already so i have this exercise called creating your market map where you find your three p's of your target market so the three p's are as follows the first p are the places so listing out literally in a split in a spreadsheet all the different places where your target audience exists. Websites, blogs, groups, um, conferences, in-person things, like everywhere where your audience exists, you list those things out. So the second uh, P are the people. Those are the people who have already earned trust with that audience, the influencers in that space. So you list those people too. And then number three are the products. So you list out all the products that are already there to serve that, that particular audience. And even just doing that exercise alone, you're gonna get a snapshot of what's happening in that industry. And what's really cool is, you know, a lot of people think when they're getting into an industry and they see these competitors out there, they're like, ah, oh, I'm kinda late to the game, you know, everybody's doing it already and they took my idea or, you know, how can I compete against them? Well, you actually have an advantage coming in late because you're looking at it from an outside view and you can come in and fill in the holes and where there are mistakes. So one of my favorite things to do is actually go into Amazon, for example. If I'm getting into a new niche or doing niche research, I go onto Amazon and I find products that are for that particular audience, and I look at the reviews. And I don't look at the, the five-star reviews, and I don't look at the one-star reviews. I look at the three-star reviews. Those are the most honest, because those will tell people, well, this is what I liked about this thing, but also say, well, this could have been better. And those are things you can use as you move forward into your own idea. And so what's really cool about this market map, too, is that when you think about it, okay, you have a list of all the places. Well, those are the different places that you could guest post on, that you could advertise on. Like you have them there listed already. The people, those are the people that you should be following on social media and building relationships with and reaching out and featuring on your on your uh, website or, or podcast and meeting and shaking their hands in person at conferences. And then the list of all the products, well, then you already know what's being served and you can come in and fill in the, those holes. You can see uh, what's missing from those products and create something better. And you can even use that information to gauge what your price points would be too. Um, and so if you can't- Is that the fourth P? Uh, price points, yeah, I guess I guess it would be uh, kind of like a sub P under that one. Um, but 
the thing is, like, if you can't do that exercise, well, then everything that happens after that is irrelevant because you need to know what that market's like so that you can understand what your position is. And then going in, uh, going further into that, you know, getting into the individual customer, getting into their heads, understanding what their problems are to match your idea. And a lot of times, you know, people who have gone through the exercises of the book, they, they enter the book with one idea, but after doing all the research with the market and speaking to potential customers and prospects and understanding truly what their problems are, their ideas actually end up shifting and adapting and changing to ones that are then proven based on data and conversation instead of just what we think. You know, what when, an awesome book. Thank you. And when you build a business based on what you think, well, then you may or may not win. Right. Um, but if you build it based on those who you are serving and their exact problems um, and then actual conversations, then you're going to have a, a much higher chance of, of succeeding. And the book goes on and on. I mean, there's a lot of different iterations and points at which you would then assess whether or not you should keep going or not. Um, and the cool thing is I do these exercises with you through my own examples. So, again, like I always say, lead by example. And so I do the exercises first and then you follow is that your first book? Uh, it's my second book, my first paperback uh, and, and first kind of big business-related book. My first book was called Let Go, and it's still available on Amazon. It's about how I got let go from the architecture world and corporate world and then shifted into an entrepreneur. And it's also called Let Go on a second level because in order for me to do that, I had to let go of – all the things I had learned about what was supposed to happen, you know, in my life, the path that I was on, I had to let go of that, uh, the, you know, the, the things that I was conditioned to, f to, to feel was right for me in order to find success uh, w as an entrepreneur. That's cool. You think you got a third book in you? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It is a ton of work. <laughs> and when you have two kids, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. even harder. Um, and every, all, all other projects stop pretty much, but totally worth it. Totally worth it. Good for you. Did you bring any copies? Uh, I have a few in my hotel room, yes. Awesome. Maybe I'll find you later. Yeah, I'd love to give you one. <laughs> yeah, and you'll sign it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank two, you. Two more quick questions. How's that human flag thing coming? Is that still your goal? You know, yeah, we talked about this. So I had uh, every year I try to come up with a fitness goal, right? And that motivates me to do whatever I need to do to make that goal happen. Um, a couple of years ago, it was running half marathons, and I ran about four or five that year. Last year, it was doing triathlons, so I hired a trainer to help me through that, which is really cool. Um, and I do that with everything. I, and anytime I want to learn something new, I typically find the best people out there or the people I have access to who know how to do that to teach me. I mean, it's just it, it saves so much time, and I can do it right, and especially with health, right? It's like you don't want to injure yourself or, or and, and that sort of thing. Plus, having that accountability is really important, really important too. So a big shout-out to my trainer, Jeff McMahon, who's actually training me virtually over FaceTime and Skype. So he's my personal trainer, but it's all done virtually and it's on, you know, whenever I can fit it in, which is really cool. Are you doing an Ironman or just a That's Olympic That's maybe try? five years down yeah. the road, yeah. Um, you can do that in Hawaii. In I Kona. know, yeah, I, that's that's the goal. That's, yeah. that's on I the bucket list. I volunteered for that. It was so fun. Those people are so dedicated. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's that's two, three years of training that's going to need, need to happen, but that, that will happen. My goal this year was going to be the human flag, which is, I don't know if you've seen these people who can grab onto a, a pole and kind of like lift their legs up sideways so they're like a flag. I actually changed my goal this year. So it's not that. That will likely be next year. Um, my goal this year, because I've gotten very involved with basketball, uh, my son's playing basketball, I'm assistant coach for his team, um, and also I thought it'd be fun if my goal this year was to, as a 5'8", half Filipino dude, slam dunk a basketball, which is 
almost see might seem almost impossible because it's a 10 foot rim and ever since working with a trainer to do exactly that vertical increase my vertical um i'm literally about three inches away from the rim right now wow and i've increased my vertical about 11 inches since i've started which is huge yeah and it's having this great trickle down effect on other uh aspects of health you know because i have to stay fit in order to be able to do that um and so i'm getting a lot stronger getting a lot more quick and that's helping me in, in, on the basketball you're vid- court. You're going to video it, right? Oh, yeah, once I mean, it happens for sure. Be... The only issue is I have smaller hands, so I won't be able to palm a basketball. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying, you know, maybe a mini basketball. Yeah, Nerf even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool. Awesome. And my last question I ask everybody, if you had one more hour in the day, Pat, how would you spend it? With my kids, for sure, always. I try to spend as much time as I can with them. And when it comes to productivity and stuff, I mean, that's why... And that's what motivates me to be as productive as possible. You know, um, the work I do, I, I sometimes will catch myself working on stuff still, being busy, but it's on stuff that might not be moving the needle or helping me get to that next goal. And I hate when I catch myself. I mean, I'm thankful that I catch myself, but I hate that because I always tie it back into something that motivates me more, and that is my kids. I feel like if I'm wasting time with my business, I'm wasting time, taking time away from my kids too. And man, that, that just completely fires me up to make sure I always do things in the most streamlined manner, to be conscious about my output versus my input um, because, you know, the kids are growing up way too fast and I need to, I, I want to be there as much for them as possible. That's a great answer. Thank you. Very few people say I want to work more. Once in a while I'll get that. Really? Yeah. Most people want to exercise or spend time with family or spend time alone even hmm. just to quiet. I hour. mean, that's important too. It's meditation, having that room to breathe in life. It's, it's really important too. Yeah, for sure. Hey, if people want to work more closely with you, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me at smartpassiveincome.com or on most social media channels at Pat Flynn. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. Is there anything else you want to add? No, just thank you for the listeners, and you know, I appreciate you, you and your time. Yeah, this is so fun. I want to get a picture before we go with all this equipment. Oh, we on. should. We could probably get the guy helping us. This is cool. Hey, listeners, I'm currently taking applications for my next group, Business Coaching. It's designed for newer business owners who want to shortcut the time to success. And of course, you can coach with me one on one. Learn more at nancygains.com. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S.com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.